This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's the Now News Panel on AMI-tv. I'm Dave Brown alongside Joita Gupta and Michelle McQuig. One more topic on deck. Hopefully this one's a little bit more fun. Montreal has a plan to revitalize its downtown core. Giuseppe Villante has more. The city of Montreal hopes an all-night entertainment zone can help revive its sagging downtown. Officials have released a plan to relaunch the downtown core by the year 2030. That plan includes a round-the-clock nightlife zone, possibly in a neighborhood called the Quartier Latin. Officials were short on specifics, however, about what kind of entertainment will be permitted to go on all night. They say they also want to bring in more winter activities to the area as a way of capitalizing on Montreal's northern climate. Giuseppe Valiente, the Canadian Press, Montreal. Should be noticed, the, Car- the Quartier Latin in downtown uh, Montreal already has a uh, after-hours nightclub that I certainly have absolutely never attended. I definitely was not there till 11 in the morning in the uh, spring of 2016. Didn't happen. No autobiographical experience whatsoever on that one. <laughs> but this is obviously a bit of a Montreal news hook story, guys. But this is this is something that could be applied with something of a national lens. Michelle, how would you feel about a 24-hour party zone in your city? I mean, you kind of live in a pretty, uh, pretty party, party part of the town. Kind of, it's sort of, kind of, but I also have the benefit of more of a residential street, so I don't have to deal with the noise. I would not want to live near or in the heart <laughs> of a 24-hour party zone. I can say that much. Would I have any objection to it existing? No, not in theory. What I would object to is if all the businesses are concentrated down there and there were no options of, you know, cute little restaurants or any of those things in other parts of the city. I would hate to see all the sort of all the entertainment concentrated there at the expense of other things. But I doubt that would happen, I'm sure, for a variety of reasons, including real estate prices. Um, so I, I think the idea is fine. Does it have a great deal of appeal for me as as a person? Is it something that would lure me to a city? No, it's not. Um but do I see value in it? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, it's one of these things, right? It's a bunch of geriatric millennials. Like, what's our actual <laughs> what's our actual investment in a 24-hour party zone? Whether we would have the capacity to enjoy something like that is not a matter of, of whether it's for us. It's whether or not it's a good idea. That's no, not a matter of debate. That's a hard no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's put that to bed. I went into a nightclub a few uh, few months ago, and I went in, and I immediately turned went around, out. and the bouncer made fun of me. He's like, oh, mm-hmm. so uh, leaving already? I'm like, not for me, bro. Not for Yeah, someone's aged out of this bracket. Me. Yeah, not for me anymore. Uh, Juita, I have no strong objection to this. I think if the city believes it can bring tourists and bring people and bring life to a downtown core, I got no problem with it. No problem at all. Again, providing there there are the right things in place like security and, you know, uh, and uh, garbage cans, recycling bins, all Mm -hmm. that jazz. But I have have no problem with this idea in principle. Washrooms. Yes, I think you've you've got some really good ideas here because I, in principle, have no problem with it either. Uh, with the with a couple of provisos in place, security, as you say, garbage cans, washrooms are really good points. So I will reiterate them. Uh, but uh, on top of that, I'm also going to say that this uh, party zone, for lack of a better term, uh, should be a pedestrian zone. 
Heck yeah. Because that's, yes. that's, that's, uh, you know, yeah. that's just, you know, you, you, having cars in the mix is just going to re- lead to an upswing in drinking and driving. And mm-hmm. I think we do have to have some sensible conversations about noise and implementation of noise bylaws. Ooh. The reason I'm very sold I, on this glad, idea glad is... Glad you mentioned that, Joita. Hold, I'm going to come back to that thought. Yeah, the reason I mentioned this is because I actually got to see something like this in action when we were in Marseille uh, last, no, two summers ago. And it was basically a giant outdoor patio. So we're not just talking about nightclubs. We're actually talking about restaurants and cafes and bars staying open and having access, especially in the summer months, uh, just having access to this giant patio. And it was blocks of and streets and, and several blocks that had basically had basically been cut off from traffic. And of course, there were, you know, it was paved and there were cobblestones and you could just walk about and nobody had loud music playing. But if you walked around at 10, even 12 o'clock at night, there was a buzz of conversation. Vibrance. Like it was that sounds awesome. Yeah, it was actually really nice. It was a cool feeling. And we were right there. Um, and I was worried about the noise too, thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to get a wink of sleep. But they had excellent soundproofing in the apartment. So if, if you closed your windows, you couldn't hear a thing. And you open the windows and there's this whole humming nightlife that the city had. And I loved it. It, it It's actually something that before Marseille, I would have had much I would have had far more to say in terms of how I think it's a terrible idea and there's going to be drunkenness and noise. Uh, but after going to Marseille and, and seeing how well it's worked out and how I think it's done wonders for that city and how much fun it was just to be able to stroll out at night. I mean, yeah. I am I'm not a, a young party goer anymore, but just, you know, sometimes at 12 o'clock at night, if you're not if you're sick of watching Netflix, it's nice to know that you can don a hat and a coat and go out and get a drink and come back. And, totally. You know, yeah. Have a space yeah. to do that. Like, I liked it. There, it made me feel young. <laughs> there, there, there's a difference like, like there's a difference between between a really well-executed nightlife zone and maybe uh, the Las Vegas Strip or Bourbon Street in New Orleans or Beale Street in Memphis, <laughs> right? Street, like, yeah, like, totally, yeah. yeah like, like, like there's a middle ground here that I think can easily be hit that offers a certain sense of taste and decorum mm-hmm. that isn't just like utter outright public drunkenness. Although if you spend time on Crescent Street or Saint Laurent Street in Montreal, uh, you'll find that. <laughs> you'll find that anyway. Yeah, I do yeah, think it's kind well, of an extension of the, of the city's personality. But Michelle, I'm so happy Happy that you had mentioned the uh, the the noise bylaw side of this and soundproofing because I love it when there's continuity and institutional memory on this show because a few months ago in one of your Monday segments you and I talked about Montreal actively trying to figure out their their noise bylaw codes and actually changing right, building for codes the benefit of music venues and, and actually changing building codes to offer better soundproofing and these are just these great examples of where those two things can intertwine. You can, while the city's actively considering noise bylaws, you can actively consider a 24-hour party zone. Absolutely. And in fact, it would be crazy not to do that. And I feel like this is an opportunity to get a lot of potential things right. Joita, what you were talking about with the, the essentially a large patio, I was a bit more concerned when I heard about cobblestones. But if you're approaching this, if you're building something new, you have a chance to do it right. And by considering all the different pieces, you're probably maximizing your chances of success. So if something is well-conceived with the appropriate bylaws in place and you can wind up with a Marseille situation, you might also wind up with a space that's more accessible than other parts mm-hmm. of the city. Yeah, that, That's a whole other... The, 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 there's, I won't go on on the corollary benefits of no, this. No, do it, do so it, Michelle. Ur- urban, like urban design, urban redevelopment comes with all kinds of possible benefits. Sure it does. And I, I like I, I just I just feel like if if people are taking the time to do this right and consider all the pieces, 
if you are implementing washrooms, you do have sound bylaws effect. You you are making sure that this is not just a walkable but a wheelable neighborhood. That this whole this mm -hmm. whole part of town. Um, if you're if you're getting the right infrastructure in place, you're maximizing your chances of success for everyone. And, and limiting complaints, attracting a broader array of businesses, everything about this will come into place if you consider all the details properly. And I, it, I, I had not heard of the Marseille model, Joita, but I'm, I'm totally intrigued. That sounds aspirational, frankly. What, yeah. what you described sounds like exactly what we. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's an area where I would consider living near. I wouldn't want to live too near it. I wouldn't want to live too near it, but uh, I'd no, like to be able like, to get there easily. But like within within walking distance. <laughs> yeah, yeah within awesome. walking distance. Yeah, exactly. Expensive exactly. though. That's my that's my only concern is what it would do to real estate yeah. values. The, the the older I get, the more I realize I want to be adjacent to the parties as opposed to in the parties. <laughs> so like you find yes. me on the outskirts of this twenty four hour party zone. Uh, yeah. The one thing I'll say here too is that I think Montreal is a uniquely equipped city in this country to do it because you already have these large-scale events that take over huge swaths of the downtown during the course of the summer. When you look at the way they execute Montreal Jazz Fest around Place des Arts or the way that the Just for Last Festival takes over the downtown core and specifically St. Denis Street. Or the Grand Prix, or maybe? The, uh, the Grand Prix, uh, uh, it's large-scale, but it's, it's, a, it's maybe a little too much. But I do think that Montreal has a template in place where they can actually execute something like this because of real lived earned historical mm -hmm. experience that dates back about four and a half decades it's kind of where that's, yeah. that's kind of where i land on this like i don't know if i trust toronto to do it because they'd be like well how do we uh, make sure there's a shopper's drug mart in the middle of it because that's what yes. everybody is gonna want and, and uh, need and we're gonna not build subways for 40 years until it's ooh, really really that's really necessary <laughs> that was my last thought here mm. on the way out i do really believe that if they want to create something like this, and Joita mentioned the prospect of drunk driving, but this is something that I believe in even more fundamentally, 24-7 public transit access mm -hmm. in major cities, yes. not just in downtown cores, but Joita, you got to be quick on this, but like not just in downtown cores, but more broadly, really and truly, it's preposterous the Toronto subway doesn't start till like six in the morning. Yeah, I think if you're going to talk about revitalizing the city and especially the downtown core, definitely transit is a big one. But I'm also going to add green space in there, just having more yeah, green space parks. and also having more child-friendly spaces because more and more people are living downtown with families because no one can afford a house. <laughs> yeah, Michelle, 20, like 24-7 public transit, green space, like all of this can be part of this revitalization as well. It's not just a couple of nightclubs in a cool patio. Totally. And and. Also, accommodations for displaced residents. This will displace people. Yeah. Uh, there will be, that needs to be part of the picture too, not just people who are using the facilities for, for business purposes. Yeah, I, but again, knowing the Quartier Latin is not, is not super, super, it's not a huge population zone currently. So so that that's, again, another example of where that's Montreal fine. might be uniquely equipped to execute something like this. I, yeah, I, I meant that more in general terms. Oh, in general city, terms, yeah, of course, of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> considering something like this needs to factor that in, but yes, no, no, fair enough yeah, in Montreal. And, and, that, and that's why I don't trust Toronto, and that's why I don't trust Toronto, because yeah. Toronto's really good at displacing Placing people and not giving them a place uh, to go. Okay, that's it. That is not an unfair stance. Not an unfair because the city stinks. Okay, let's go. Let's uh, <laughs> let's wrap this thing up. Joita, have a lovely weekend. Thank you. You too. Michelle, you have an awesome weekend. Talk to you on Monday morning. Sounds good. Take care, everybody. Michelle McQuig is the weekend news editor at the Canadian Press. Joita Gupta is the host of the Pulse on AMI.
audio coming up after the break. A couple of regional news stories for you, including Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's ongoing trip in Nunavut. And then Brock Richardson stops by to talk about a busy weekend in football. But I've also tasked him with the question for a non-football fan, what's the next best sporting event to take in this weekend? This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.